Hello, 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 and welcome to a, another fantastic episode of Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion. Before we get started, let me first remind you that we are covered by the BIPCOT No Government License, which allows for the use and reuse of this podcast by anyone and everyone except for governments and the bludgies thereof. You can learn more about that at BIPCOT.org. That is B-I-P-C-O-T dot O-R-G. We're also protected by Brandenburg v. Ohio, 1969, which ruled that the government cannot punish inflammatory speech unless that speech is, quote, directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. Therefore, everything said here on Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion is almost always, usually, mostly hypothetical. It's for entertainment purposes only. And even yeah, if it wasn't, nobody listens to us anyway. So. Yeah, don't drone us, bro. <laughs> Hashtag don't drone me, bro. Don't drone me, bro. Oh. Happy anniversary, guys. Well, technically, it's tomorrow's the anniversary of my lockdowns. But yeah, we're starting the one-year celebration of the two weeks to flatten the curve. <laughs> As my uh, text says, welcome to Operation Enduring Clusterfuck, COVID-19. Yes. Yep. Uh, when did Wisconsin... Let's um, see. Wisconsin lockdown started... I want to say it was the first part of April. That's that's what I feel like it was. Yep. Mine was, mine was March 15th. It was a Friday. And... Uh, in my Facebook memories today, there's actually photos that my brother sent me from the grocery store showing the empty toilet paper, paper towel section, and then all the um, all the sugar, the empty sugar section, and then the empty uh, uh, rice uh, and pasta section. So, you know, I remember saying it's uh, looking through my Facebook memories a, a year ago where I said, is the coronavirus just a big, a big marketing scheme from Procter and Gamble for their. <laughs> <laughs> is that what this is? Because it seems like that's what this is. Yeah. Remember, remember we were joking about people getting anal swabs. I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do remember joke that. about that. And now yeah. that's actually a, a, a thing. If I remember correctly, the Chinese recently did that to the U.S. To embassy. A, to, a, to a, yeah, to a U.S. ambassador. Oh, sorry, it was it was our bad. We didn't we didn't we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> We're gonna sodomize you with this giant Q-tip. Wait a minute, Please, this isn't a meeting. <laughs> this is a <laughs> got a head on it and everything oh. <laughs> oh how do you accidentally get anal i mean i feel like that's <laughs> something you'd notice i, <laughs> I mean <laughs> like the emperor the the the, uh. the 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 person bows the ambassador bows someone goes whoops surprise like i can i can at least kind of understand that but how do you mistakenly get anal swabbed? Like, I I don't think that that's... It's plausible <laughs> that that was a mistake. Somebody went for the pap smear and hit a poop smear? Yeah, like, what are you... <laughs> uh... Like, what were you in an airport bathroom? And you're like, wait a minute, I'm getting tested for COVID. 
<laughs> so this one time at a frat party, right? The glory hole that's the glory hole in the men's room. Yeah, you're yeah. supposed to turn around and back up to it instead of face up. Oh, this is this is why we're never being invited to the White House. <laughs> Among many happen. reasons. <laughs> Uh, uh, never a so, dull moment, though, at least. Yes, yeah, so it looks like March. I was looking through stuff from the McIver Institute, March 3rd through 9th. I don't think we were locked down by then. No, I, I want to say because it was the 14th, May 14th that the Supreme Court struck it down because the governor's authority only was good for so long. Yeah, well, it was 30, 30 days or something like that, right? Well, yeah, Actually, I so think it, it was 60. No, so is uh, emergency order one, number one, or executive order number 104 from Governor Evers was January 19th. Um, that last, yeah, 60 days. It gave the National Guard the power to respond to the spread of the virus. That was 60 days until March 20th, but that wasn't actually a full on lockdown. Emergency Order One was also done on the 19th. That was the mask mandate that nobody listened to. Yeah. Um, and then he had another one declaring an additional state of emergency for another 60 days on November 20th of 2020. Uh, he had one. There was another one here. Oh, where the hell yeah. was it? September twenty second. There was one. October first. There was one. October sixth. <laughs> there was one. July thirtieth. There was one. My uh, God! Like I didn't realize. Okay, emergency so our... order twenty eight by Andrea Palm. Uh, that's what we're looking for. Uh, Palms extended the order issued before Evers' first stay-at-home edict was set to expire April 24th, uh, criminalized what are generally constitutionally protected activities, free travel, operating a business, attending church, among other such lockdown crimes. That's according to outgoing Justice Daniel Kelly. Um, that's the point he drove home during the oral arguments. So yeah, they it would have been uh April or March twenty fourth. Yeah, it which was, is it was a thirty day order. Yeah. Which is March twenty fourth, so that would be like almost six weeks after mine. Yep. Yeah. So well, that got fought here because yeah. Evers didn't have the kind of support that your governor he thought had. he did. Yeah, Governor Newsom. Yeah. So well and, and Evers was operating on the uh, false belief that his winning the governorship from Scott Walker was some sort of a mandate that he had the power and blah, 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 blah. Whereas um, the state legislature had other plans. I mean, so, all right. So let's get into this first article then, since we're, we're at that point now. Um, this is a op-ed we're going to have a lot of fun with on CNN Business by Mark Zandi. Mark Zandi is... Uh, Chief Economist of Moody's Analytics. <laughs> and, right. almost, 
Andrew e- almost spit beer. Uh, economics. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this Press this is from this is from the tenth. So it's before um, the latest uh, stimulus economic crash orientation bill. So. Um, okay, so uh, one year after it began, the COVID-19 pandemic nightmare is nearly over. With millions of Americans getting vaccinated each day and the imminent passage of the massive American rescue plan, we are starting to approach herd immunity, and in a couple of months, the economy will enjoy rip-roaring growth. Real quick, what the hell does bar- that gigantic barrel of pork have to do with anything? <laughs> What's what did it break down like? Like was it not 1.9 trillion divided by like 330 million people come to come up to like 5,757 dollars each? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But like 10 million people are getting like 1,400 bucks. So. Woo. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Barring any other major major unforeseen circumstances, we should be back to full strength within a couple of years. Ah, I'm sure glad that we took those two weeks to flatten the curve, and in only a couple more years, we'll be back to normal. (laughs) This 180-degree turn in our collective financial fortune is due in significant part to the overwhelming response of the federal government to the economic pain inflicted by the pandemic. What? What? Right, hold on. There was I'm, a lot I'm of read that. I'll read that again. I'll read that again. There was a this lot of words there. This 180 degree turn in our collective financial fortune is due in significant part to the overwhelming response of the federal government to the economic pain inflicted by the pandemic. It wasn't inflicted by the fucking pandemic. It was inflicted by the fucking federal government, you non. What? <laughs> Actually, let's be fair. It was inflicted by the majority of the states because the federal government took the hands-off approach and said, you do what you need to do. We're going to support you. And then all, places like California and Wisconsin and et cetera, et cetera, well, fucking Michigan and New York and all those places went into full-on lockdown mode. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, hey, magically, the economies of those states went into a fucking brick wall. It's almost like when you prohibit a bunch of people from being able to do business that maybe it might hurt the economy. What? No, that can't. What? You mean the the economy only works if people buy and sell and gather and actually use services? Yeah, apparently that's that that's a revolutionary idea, I know, but uh You can't you can't you, just build rocking chairs in your garage and have people like and have the government give you money for your efforts. Right? Like I spent I spent that, like that 15 hours that per chair. Like blasphemy, man. That sounds like some blasphemy. Do you know how much effort I put into building this? It's going to be worth a large amount of money because of that, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I stand I stand it really slowly. Uh, okay, this I, I this next sentence it's hard. The Federal Reserve used its arsenal of tools to keep the economy afloat. Uh, what? <laughs> Do you know what any of those words mean? I. <laughs> He's an economist. He has to know what they mean, right? 
Barack Obama was a constitutional scholar. Uh, <laughs> in about the same same vein as this guy is an economist. I mean, exactly. <laughs> My God. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, the Federal Reserve used its arsenal of tools to keep the economy afloat. It responded within days of the first infections last March by slashing interest rates. It only took two weeks for the federal funds rate, the sh- key short-term interest rate to the Fed, the Fed controls, to hit nearly zero. Next, the Fed revived its financial crisis-era quantitative easing program to buy hundreds of millions of dollars of treasury and mortgage-backed bonds and bring down long-term interest rates. It worked. Mortgage rates, which had spiked during the spiked as the pandemic struck, quickly declined. He's a QE believer. Yes. yes. I, man, it's got to be, speaking of anal swabs, him and Krugman. The <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. Fed also immediately erected a firewall between the pandemic-induced economic chaos and the financial system. It stood up an array of credit facilities Commitments by the Fed to purchase everything from commercial paper and corporate bonds to securities backed by credit cards and auto loans to ensure that credit flowed uninterrupted to businesses, households, and state and local governments. Is this guy Winston from 1984? Is he working for the Ministry of Truth? And he's just, no, the party has always been in favor of the... Without this, many businesses likely would have had to shutter operations. Likely have had to stop buying cars and even groceries, and municipalities would have likely curtailed essential services. What? All of those things happened. Right. (laughs) All of those things happened. Like. He, this guy's credit. Oh my God! The government, the, the or not the federal, the Federal Reserve saved us by doing all these things that they used to do with tax income that they took from people that were working and purchasing and selling that they can't do because the government shut down the buying, the buying, and the purchasing and the selling and the working. I. Money printer go burr. burr. <laughs> I, is this like has has? I mean, are we? It's not even. It's not even like a burr. It's not even the the money printer doesn't go burr. Doesn't sound like a regular printer. It sounds like the tracks on a fucking bulldozer. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, it's yeah. the clank 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 clank. That's that's the money printer. But it's trash. But it's, the... it's printing at the rate at which the. A10 Warthog. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. Is it's the, the A10 Warthog's good Vulcan so it's, cannon. It's clank, 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 but it sounds more like. What was it like? Like 40, 43% or 47% of all money created by the United States or by, by the Federal Reserve was created uh, in the last like 12 months or something like that. What was that number? Yeah, we were we yeah, were approaching something. like uncontrollable hyperinflation there for a while. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really walked back from that much. So I mean the idea that the people who were about to utterly and completely destroy 
the United States economy irreparably <laughs> are somehow now being lauded by this fuckface as some sort of heroes really speaks to the Soviet propaganda ministry levels of insanity that the media is currently willing to go to try and make the president, the present administration and uh, federal government look good. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's... Well, and I, I think as, as much as I hate to give credit to, to somebody else, this was funny as hell and it's accurate. The only way that Biden should be referred to is as Ben Shapiro calls him, President Houseplant. Because <laughs> that's all he's there for is <laughs> like, to cover up see, the okay. piss stain on the carpet. <laughs> there you go. Good, good, uh, good. Bringing him up because I, I, I want to get into this now. That we're, we're, we can get back to the article, but I want to bring this up. Right, the federal government took a hands-off approach, right under Trump, right, right. In, in in regards to to the lockdowns and quarantines and all that good stuff. Biden ran on the um, 100 days, right? That was the thing. 100 days of masks. We'll get this under control. 100 days of, of masks and lockdowns. We'll, we'll get this under control and, and, and move on, right? Biden's been in office almost 60 days now, right? Like right at 60 days. There's yeah. no federal... There's and, and we have states opening up every single day. We have no federal mask mandate we have no federal lockdowns so if 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 this virus was as bad as they said as scary as he and camelia harris ran on why would they allow states to open well yeah and i mean and and then when you know when texas opens up and they drop their mask mandate and everything else and all these leftists that are just such Come, hardcore fucking, state leaders. The Mullen Lame. Come and yeah. take it with the mask. Yeah, and yep. it's like, you, no one is threatening to take your mask away from you. You can still wear them, you dumb shit. not required to do yeah, so you, by no government one else, edict. Yeah, no one else is forced to. What plan? I mean, this is, and this is the thing, too, is remember that at the beginning of all of this, the the all of these Democrats were freaking out about the fact that Trump and the uh, administration, you know, in the federal government didn't want to force states to do anything. And they were all freaking out like, but you have to tell us what to do. And then when yeah, they're they, like, they no, lauded, I'm not going to tell you. They lauded and they attacked Trump for the federal government not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And now the federal government's not doing anything. And they're saying, Mullah Lib, come take our masks. <laughs> I, yeah, I, well, and it, it just speaks to the, to the blatant hypocrisy, not just in, in the modern American left, but in politics in general. I mean, they, they're going to do whatever is in their best interest, what, no matter what anybody else says. And they're doing it with the support of their propaganda machine known as the mainstream media pointing out that they're doing such a wonderful job, even w- even though president house plant and his administration are doing the exact same thing that Don- that the Trump administration did. And they had viciously attacked him for it. Not only, not only they're doing the exact same thing, they've defended some of Trump's positions yeah. in, re- in regards to the tariffs. 
Like they and, kept and, the tariffs in place and yes. actually increased oh. the tariffs on one or two things. And, and the left is applauding this decision, yeah. Biden, because it's Biden doing it, not mm-hmm. the great orange Cheeto. Well, yeah, and I mean Biden. <sighs> Biden is keeping in place the hyper tyrannical travel ban. Um, and visa ban that Trump put in place that is just obscene, did absolutely nothing <laughs> no. but restrict people's movement. Biden is keeping it in place. And I saw an article the other day that was like, here's why this makes sense and is a good idea. And I'm like, no, weren't, you just fucking, <laughs> weren't you just agreeing with me that this is tyrannical and wrong a year ago? Weren't you yep. just doing that now because your guy supports it? It's suddenly a good idea. Uh-huh. Biden, Biden administration is opening a migrant housing or migrant facility, whatever you want to call it, overflow facility, in Homestead, Florida, that Obama built, that Trump closed, that is actually <laughs> actually called a super site because it is polluted and uninhabitable. It was closed because uh-huh. it was so polluted as a former military base. And it is so polluted, it is uninhabitable for human use. But and the, Biden but the Biden administration is going to open it and put kids in there. And then it's being celebrated by the media and by the government at large. Yeah. This is the thing. I mean, this is we knew this was coming, but this is the thing. And this is what this yeah. article is demonstrating is that there's just this propaganda machine in full swing now that a hyper statist, hyper leftist guy that's not the great orange one is in power. Like he's doing exactly the same things that Trump did, which were largely the exact same kind of things that Obama did, which were largely the exact same kind of things that George W. Bush did. But depending on whether it's the left or right, that's doing them. Mm -hmm. The media is either condemning them or celebrating them to such a hysterically oblivious degree that you Mm -hmm. swear you're in the Soviet union. Yes. And and not only to kind of go off of that, there are, I mean, I've seen reports where Biden isn't just doing the same things that Trump was doing. He is ramping them up to mm-hmm. the Obama era levels because yes. Obama was far more hawkish on it mm-hmm. than Trump ever was. <laughs> and so oh, Biden's yeah. ramping back up to the Obama era levels and they're all going, this is great. What? what what number of what number of FDR administrations are we on now? I I, don't <laughs> I, know. Lost, I lost count. <laughs> All right. uh, back to the article. Uh, uh, in the early in the earlier 2008 financial crisis, the Fed was too slow to put facilities and the financial system, uh, or too slow to put up these facilities, and the financial system failed, requiring a government bailout. The Trouble Asset Relief Program, or TARP, took years to get the system back to health. Full recovery was delayed almost a decade. The Fed learned by that. By projecting the financial system, or by protecting the financial system from the, from the pandemic's economic fallout, the central bank ensured that this recovery will be a strong one. What? What? They're rewriting that much history now? <laughs> You're surprised? Yes. yes. I, I mean, um, they, what? They've got the, they've got their other media wings and the like Amazon and all that stuff that are yeah. literally burning books digitally. Mm-hmm. So why would this be a surprise to to anybody? Yes. Um, 
The Fed also made a mistake of increasing rates in 2015 before the economy was before the economy was back to full employment after the financial crisis. So this 2008-2009, so this is 6 years after the financial crisis, right? Uh, economy uh, before the economy is back to full employment uh, after the financial crisis, uh, it won't do that again. The Fed has pledged to hold its zero interest rates policy until it is obvious that everyone is back to work. The signal uh, for that will be a strong wage growth, especially for workers with lesser skills and education who have had it toughest during the pandemic. You so, know why there's gonna. You know why there's going to be a wage increase? Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> so what they're saying is that they're go- that when the federal government makes un- makes employment at a level below what they approve illegal, then miraculously that means, hey, look, the federal government has saved us again. <laughs> oh, yeah. So <sighs> the, the the there was like what was it like like five and a half trillion printed last year. Right, there's like already 1.9 printed this year, plus the mm-hmm. one trillion that uh, in federal deficit that they ran up in the first five months. So we're at like eight trillion dollars, nine trillion dollars on this, this just this in the last year, in in national deficit. Inflation's going up, you guys. Right, and inflation yep. goes up, prices go up. Oh my God! Wages have to go up to to uh, uh, to compensate for the for the raising prices, which causes prices to again go up, which they demand wages go up. That's why people are making more money. They're yeah, not better the, off. Yep. They're not better off. They just have more zeros in the bank account. Well, yeah, that, I mean, it's that old old uh, meme that we see on on the internet all the time, where it'll say something and the two sentences just bleed into each other and round and round and round and round we go and there's a reason why i did a patch change in the middle of that where i put my new (laughs) hold on it gets better patch on because (laughs) that's all this is yeah it's the government saying hold on it gets better but it never will it just i you know and that's the thing is like we've been talking about for the the past few shows we've been talking about the great reset and we've been talking about clovered piven and if you want to talk about how incredibly obvious this is right now, if you are awake to that, right, it, the, the cognizanti mm-hmm. of that plan, you can't help but see this as just blatant continuing to march down that path with reckless abandon. Yep. Yeah. And they're not even hiding it anymore. It used to be that they would try to... No, no, no. They are celebrating it. They're celebrating it. And and it's just... The worst part is, is the idiots, the zombies are just eating it up. Well, yeah, I mean, we're... The zombie zombie apocalypse (laughs) isn't going to be actual undead. It's the mindless drones that the government has trained and churned out. (laughs) They are the Borg. Resistance is futile. I yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's it's just. I mean, that's the thing. Is like at this point, like some of these articles that I'm seeing, especially the opinion pieces and stuff, celebrating how fucking wonderful the government is. At this point, like Obama, you know, never got anything close to this. Bush, even when he I mean, got everybody was, fawning was over tarp? him, what was tarp like? 
TARP was like what seven hundred ninety-five billion or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah, that was that was like that, that was like two thousand that was like two thousand nine, right? So a decade ago. Yeah, right. It was, it was less than a trillion dollars, and I remember I remember us talking about hyperinflation. That not you guys and I because we were friends then, but I remember talking about hyperinflation on uh, on on my page, and I remember talking about um, um, how there was kind of like this this backdoor program to pay off the national debt. Um, by printing a, a trillion dollar coin and then depositing it in the Federal Reserve and all this other BS. But like, yeah, that was like, <clears throat> that was less than a trillion dollars in 2009 and people were up in arms. Yeah, exactly. It's that you, you look at this and you go, okay, well, when Obama pulled this shit, everyone freaked out and went, wow. hey, no, no, that isn't how economics works. That isn't how this works. This isn't, you can't do that. And everyone was awake to it. Like you saw a lot of opinion pieces in Forbes and and a lot of other uh, financial publications talking about how dangerous this was and this was a dangerous path and this is a bad idea. And now they're, yep. they're celebrating it. I mean, Biden could possibly like just go, hey, and now all money is banned and everyone's going to work for free and people would write articles about why this is a good thing. You have yeah. people waiting in line to get bread. That's a good thing. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Venezuela, Venezuela did that too. They had people waiting in line for bread and they decided it created a bad image so they banned lines outside the store. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about that. That is that is the level that we're at here. Like we're we're actually at that level where that could be well, a decision. Saw, that the what, Biden what, what Krugman, what, what we covered last week with Krugman saying, you know, too many choices make us less free. Just <laughs> you got wheat bread and white bread. Take your pick. <laughs> That's but I want you. fucking sourdough. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's anti-American to want sourdough. No, no, no. That's even though it was invented in San Francisco. But San Francisco. <laughs> oh, they have they have such good sourdough bread in San Francisco. Oh yeah, it's freaking amazing. But like, mm -hmm. it's damned un-American to want anything other than than just white bread. You don't even get weed anymore. No, no, no. What are you a communist? No, you. <laughs> all you get is white bread, and you will. You be should be thankful that it comes sliced. Yeah. <laughs> There are people in the world who have to cut their own bread, you ingrate. <laughs> All right, back to the article. Um, President Trump and Congress also responded quickly to the pandemic first struck. Congress passed the initial COVID relief package shortly after the first infections. By the end of Trump's presidency, lawmakers had agreed to five relief packages providing financial help to households, small business, healthcare providers, state and local governments, and the struggling airline industry. They're struggling because of you fuckheads. Yeah, they're struggling because you wouldn't let anybody travel, assholes. <laughs> President <laughs> President Biden and now and President Biden and new Congress now have now set to pass another massive relief package, the American Rescue Plan, which, as we talked about, this article is from the tenth, which is before they passed the the, the relief package. Uh, those packages add up to an astounding figure, way or well over five trillion in federal aid, which. He, the, the article notes is equal to almost 25% of the nation's pre-pandemic GDP to help the hard-pressed manage their lives through the pandemic. 
stimulus checks, unemployment insurance, food and rental assistance, and other income support going to mostly low-income households have offset many people's wages and salary loss. That's that's not really true at all. I mean, the only people, I will say, the only people who are seeing any kind of real benefit from these stimulus packages at all are people who either don't work or people who only work just really <laughs> low-wage... <laughs> Part-time you remember, jobs. That that's what it was. It was the the, the minimum wage worker has been mm-hmm. hugely helped by this because you know they offered what was it like four hundred dollars a week, and uh, and the unemployment, mm-hmm. right? So unemployment here in California, I think it pays like three hundred dollars a week or something like that. So three hundred plus four hundred, seven hundred. That's more than you were making working minimum wage after taxes. Yeah, and so it's, people people here on minimum wage were actually making more money on unemployment. They were well, and working. there was an there was an argument, something we talked about with the first stimulus package that increased unemployment benefits last year. That yeah, I think it was like it was a stepping like stone six, for like UBI or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And we 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 talked about it on here as it was a stepping stone to UBI. Yep, they're yep. still pushing it, and they're oh, yeah, absolutely. They're... We're seeing it getting pushed even more aggressively now. And here's the thing. How can you not see how that's wealth redistribution? Yeah. Right. How can you not see that that's wealth dis- redistribution where the the people who make over 80K who are in general going to be your, you know, your small business owners, your your business executives, the people who are making you know, enough money where they've clearly put in a bunch of time, they've put in effort, they've paid their dues to get to this point. Mm -hmm. They're not benefiting at all, but the people who are just cruising through, doing jack shit all, and barely, you know, even producing anything of any value are going, oh, this is so great. That's a pretty clear indication that wealth is being transferred from one to the other. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, um... And some I, perspective. I, love how, I love how they build, they have built every last one of these stim, uh, checks that it was Trump change at first. Now it's Biden bucks, how they've built every last one of them as life changing money. <laughs> $1,400 changes your life. You are in a very bad position. Did they, did they right? $1,400 was supposed to float people to June or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, I mean, they can't kid- they can't evict anybody until September, so I guess they well, can't evict they can't evict people for non-payment of rent. Yeah, they can still evict right. you if you're doing something else. But I mean the thing is, like I don't I, I don't make bad money, but I don't make a hell of a lot either. But I fourteen hundred dollars is not going to alter my life. Like it's yeah. gonna be like, oh um, cool, I can go buy something stupid now, but that <laughs> I was going to say that extra $1,400 is roughly an extra paycheck. Yeah. For me. Um, speaking of the, 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 the rent memorandums, the rent and the, the eviction memorandums and the, um, um, the mortgage memorandums, there's a really, really good episode of Liberty lockdown. Um, Clint was on with Pete Kionis where they talk about like the options that he sees. Clement Clint was a, um, um, he did he did personal loans at like a hundred million dollars worth of personal loans in his career or something like that. So that's a financial it's a fantastic episode to listen to it. But like his his thing is like there's really when when the memorandums end, 
there's really only like three options, right? Like either you're going to have mass, mass homelessness due to all the evictions, right? Mm-hmm. Mass, mass um, foreclosures due to non-payment of all uh, non-payment of mortgages, yeah. right? So you're, houses, houses are going to disappear from the, or, or the, the housing, the housing market is going to absolutely crash, right? So the options mm-hmm. are, so the options are either the government allows that to happen, right? Or the government bails out the the the, the homeowners, all these mortgage lending firms, right? Which again, more debt, more bailout, all that yep. other stuff, right? Yep. Or 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 the federal government steps in and nationalizes the housing industry. Which is seems to and, me at this point like the likely outcome, and, and yeah. essentially what and essentially what it comes down to is where you live is where you live. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You you no longer have upward mobility of housing. You no longer have these opportunities to maybe take a risk and speculate on a on a property like that's all gone. And the thing is, you know, too, and you need to provide uh, paperwork to justify moving to a different location. Yeah. I mean, you know, and the thing, the thing is like, so I work in the lending industry and our, our target demographic is low income, right? That it just plain Mm -hmm. and simple. It's generally, it's people who are lower income. And when the first stimuluses stimuli, stimuli happened, we saw huge drops in our receivables. We're now seeing even more drops in our receivables, partially because of tax returns, which happens every year. That's an annual drop we expect. But we're also seeing a huge drop because of the stimulus is already. We're starting to see people pay off. The thing is, is the company is still gearing up. We're still planning for all of those people that have paid off in the past year and a half to come back. Yep. Because as mm-hmm. soon as all of a sudden they have to catch up on their rent, they have to catch up on their mortgage. They have mm-hmm. to catch up on this and that habits don't change. Like yep. you're, if you're bad with money, you're going to continue to probably be bad with money, which means that you're going to be in that position again and you're going to come right back. So we are all, we're still anticipating a huge comeback in the next six months where our receivables are probably going to be bigger than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's going to need money so badly that they're going to be coming to us. And even though you're going to be paying back a couple of grand on a one grand loan, you're still, you know, you need the money. You don't have a choice because otherwise you get evicted. And we're anticipating that that's going to happen because history has shown time and again, that's exactly what you're going to see. So, if we're anticipating that and we see that coming and we're just a company, you can be guaranteed that the people who are actually controlling interest rates and controlling the value of the dollar and stuff also see that as an impending thing and are going to be making plans and it's mm-hmm. not going to be plans you want them to do. No, but that no. is, that is part of cloud strategy, right? An, an engineered economic collapse that causes people to come begging to the government for help and the government's going to institute help through a, 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 a literally an, an economic change and a, a change in economic policies mm-hmm. that will institute like we'll get UBI, we'll get universal, we'll get free college and, you know, the end of capitalism. 
Well, and the thing is well, that a lot of people who are proponents of that don't seem to understand is remember that if like you work for a company that is that cares about its image and it cares about how its workers look, they control what you can and can't post on social media. They control, you know, how you can dress. They control the kinds of things you can say in public and the kinds of organizations you can be involved in because they're your money. So when mm -hmm. they say you can't do that, they own you. They get to make those dictates because if you say no, you lose your income. What do you think is going to happen when your income is the federal government? You think they're not going to take full advantage of that kind of control? They fucking <laughs> own they'll, you. They'll call you a domestic terrorist. Yeah, and then throw you yeah. in a camp. But don't worry, we're all we're all nuts and hyper paranoid for saying for years that we were about to all get called domestic terrorists. <laughs> it's all that was definitely not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it is. We're just we're just Minecraft fans. It, it, it doesn't matter that you know Andrew and I have both you know seen us being investigated for yeah. domestic being terrorism. Talk to, talk to, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, um, straight up getting harassed by federal agents. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not the only ones. There's a lot of people right now, especially in the liberty movement, who are getting harassed by federal agents. Yep. So, all right, back to the article. Uh, for some perspective, consider the Recovery Act, the financial stimulus package President Obama squeaked through Congress early in his term. That response to the financial crisis cost $800 billion, equal to just over 5% GDP. Uh, Obama came under withering criticism for the size of the Recovery Act and was unable to convince Congress to provide much additional help. Instead, lawmakers turned to hand-wringing over deficits and debt and prematurely embraced fiscal austerity. The post-financial crisis recovery sputtered. Biden helped implement the Recovery Act as Obama's vice president and understands this mistake. This is evident in the massive American Rescue Plan. Uh, that is the one that was just passed, $1.9 trillion. The American Rescue Plan. Yeah. It's, it's, on, it's on par with, like, the Patriot Act. I mean, you want to talk self-aggrandization. Jesus. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hold on. This is evident in the massive American Rescue Plan. Uh, the post-pandemic recovery will soon kick into high gear. Biden administration will soon begin work on the next fiscal package. It will be fashioned on the Build Back Better agenda that Biden proposed during his campaign. It addresses the nation's long-term economic challenges, including repairing our increasing fragile infrastructure, climate change, racial equality, and income and wealth inequality. Ugh. It's all I can think of here is that this is essentially what this article <laughs> yeah. is. We, we did it, Patrick. City, we Patrick. saved the city. Yeah, that's <laughs> about it, too. It's, <laughs> I mean, that's that's I'm where we're at. I'm trying to figure out exactly how to respond to this, <laughs> and I just can't find the words. I don't have... I don't have the emotional wherewithal to respond to shit like this in a coherent uh, or not violation of Brandenburg manner because um, it's, I mean, you know, I, I don't have to say it anymore. I can just say Christopher tap, tap the patch. Yeah, don't make me, don't make me tap the sign. <laughs> 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 
Yes. See, that's why you need one on your microphone because then you yeah. can just be like, "Don't make me, don't make me tap yep. sign." Yeah, <laughs> uh, addresses the nation's economic challenges, including repairing and uh, repairing our increasing fragile infrastructure, climate change, racial equality, and income and wealth equality. These are problems that have developed over decades. Solving them will take persistent policies over decades to come. As such, they must be paid for. Deficit financing makes sense to help a struggling economy in a crisis like the pandemic when interest rates are low. But that won't work for long-running problems after the economy is back to full employment and their interest rates have normalized. The federal government stepped up admirably during the pandemic, quickly, quickly providing a financial backstop, particularly for the hardest hit among us. It showed that government is indispensable during a crisis. Let's hope lawmakers what? can use this success to tackle our most difficult long-term problems that only government can address. I have a question. No. Uh, assuming, let's assume that the vaccine <laughs> is everything that they're they're billing it out to me for just one second. I don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna need one of those, Andrew. Yep, uh, I'm, I'm cracking I, open another beer here if we're gonna assume. I'm you know before I even finish that thought, I'm taking another sip of my whiskey. So. I, <laughs> <laughs> Assuming for a second that the vaccines are everything they're billed to be and everything, uh, did the government make those? I'm just, I mean, did the government actually spin up the labs and do the culture growths? And did the government make those or did private companies make those? Well, the government, um, the FDA, the FDA um, fast forwarded them. And then I think, yes, I'm, I don't, know, I don't know if I remember. Expert. I don't know if I remember correctly or not, but I, I believe that the government used the um, essentially nationalized or, or took over or authorized the, the, yeah, the labs so, to make them. Yeah, under under uh, Trump's direction, they used the War Production Act, I believe, is what it's called. Um, that says that in times of national emergency. The federal government can force private companies to do something specific that it wants it to do. Because that's, I mean, like, that's how you had the, you know, like during World War II, the the car right, companies need... building airplanes and the Louisville Slugger making M1 carbines and <laughs> that stuff cracks me up. <laughs> Singer Singer making 1911s. They didn't make a lot of them, but they did make a few. If you have one and you'd like to send that to me, by the way, please feel free. Uh, <laughs> you have any idea how much those are worth? <laughs> but I don't even like 1911s, and I know how much that's worth. Um, but, I mean, that's that's why you had that, was because the federal government could say, no, you're not allowed to make cars anymore. You don't get to make baseball bats. You're not making sewing machines you are going to make guns. You're going to make tanks. You're going to make airplanes. And that's, they did the same and thing. I, and I know that they, well, they had tried to do that initially with like ventilators and stuff. And then you had some companies like Ford that just did it themselves without needing to be told. And they just like, Oh, we have all these extra blower motors. Well, let's hook them up to this apparatus and Hey, look, ventilator. Yep, oh. Ventilator. <laughs> That's that's what happens when you give engineers an interesting problem and they're bored. They're, <laughs> they're like, hey, you know what I could do? <laughs> so, I mean, I know there was some of that. I didn't realize that they use that to force 
pharmaceutical company is into that. So well, yeah, because otherwise there wouldn't have really been that much money in it. Um, because you think about it, how much a nationally dictated vaccine is going to sell for, uh, because it's going to be federally price controlled. You're never going to make back your R and D costs, especially when you right. had ultra rapid R and D, which means that all of your labs are working on it. So you're dedicating a hundred million dollars plus on this and you're going to see what, maybe 50 million. Yeah, for uh, a virus. December, that, that is, okay, December eighth, twenty twenty, uh, President Trump said he will invoke the Defense Production Act to produce vaccine doses if necessary. Though he did not do so before the end of his term, because oh, Operation okay. Warp Speed was already in effect. Operation Warp. I mean, they're national emergencies okay, uh, because of operation, the really cold and operations yeah, operation, and, yeah operation warp speed was a public or private partnership initiated by u.s president donald trump and his administration to facilitate and accelerate the development manufacturing and distribution of covid19 vaccines therapeutics and diagnostics you know and the thing is if the vaccine and this has been like nagging me this whole time is if the vaccines any of them turn out to you know not kill loads of people and not yeah. cause a bunch of problems and actually be completely safe despite not having undergone any of this FDA testing. Then the question is, so why do we need all this FDA testing then? <laughs> that, right. So, well, and not only that, but we're talking about a virus, which comes from a long line of types of virus, the coronavirus, the rhinovirus and the influenza viruses are known to aggressively mutate. Well, yeah, the whole, the whole the whole thing was what scared people is that this was new. I mean, it wasn't a whole lot different, but it was new. Well, I mean, and it's and it's remember that the the scientific name of it is SARS-CoV-2, right? And the first yeah. part of that SARS, SARS is the the what the Shenzhen uh, acquired respiratory syndrome. Yeah. Or acute respiratory right. syndrome. So that, remember, the SARS issues, you know, killed like 50,000 people years ago. There's also MERS, which is the Middle Eastern uh, Respiratory Syndrome, also caused by coronavirus. That killed uh, like 25, 30,000 in the U.S. The, these things have happened before. We've encountered this kind of COVID before, and we didn't shut down during the SARS issues we didn't shut down during bird flu we didn't shut down during these other things and guess what the economy did peachy and not that many fucking people died <laughs> well, right you can't institute cloud pivot if you don't destroy the economy yeah well and where i was going with that though is let's uh, i mean if these vaccines prove to be even marginally actually effective long term which i highly doubt because of the mutative nature of coronaviruses as a whole the then your best bet is to actually have like they used to have chicken pox parties chicken pox party. yeah i went to one they, when I, was little. I went to one when i was actually yeah. i was i hosted one when i was little um i went i went to one I mean, when i was little and all my brothers got it except me <laughs> <laughs> but i mean that no, yes. like literally, like literally to the Being point where my mom, where my my mom, my mom would use a rag on like my brother's arm, and then rub that rag on my arm. <laughs> trying to get you to get chicken. To try and get me to get, it and I never got it. Huh? 
Yeah. But I mean, you look at then you look at the efficacy of vaccines versus li- actually getting the infection. Like I had the chicken pox. I've never had shingles. I'm 36 years old. My daughter, my oldest, is 15 or will be 15 in two days. She had the chicken pox vaccine when she was little. Mm-hmm. And at age nine, had shingles. Fuck. <laughs> We found out on my wedding day. <laughs> She's sitting in, sitting there during the ceremony, scratching, and this really oh hurts. Oh my god! And I we looked at it like, oh, well, after the wedding, I guess we're going to the ER to get you checked out. <laughs> hey, so sorry doctor... about that, all of our wedding guests. We murdered you all. Right. Um... <laughs> so, vaccines, yes, they produce some manner of immunity, but it's nowhere near as effective as actually being exposed to a non-life-threatening illness. Yeah. So, all right. We, we killed that. We killed that, that op-ed. So now we got, we got another one related to that pandemic. We put it on a respirator when it didn't need to be. Oh, okay. <laughs> now this one, this one is, I, I, actually, I actually hate this one. I hate this one a lot. Will mask that about a lot of our articles? Yeah. Will mask star in our nightmares forever? Experts say pandemic-related dreams are here to stay. Before we get into this, I would like to just note for the record: when I was eighteen to twenty years old, I worked at the Pizza Hut in Sparta, and I still have nightmares of that fucking phone ringing. Yep, I worked at McDonald's (laughs) for two years in high school. I still can't eat. I still can't eat McDonald's twenty years later. Like the I, phone, the phone, every phone in the building had the same ringtone and they all, I like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, you know, and the thing, the weird thing about all the masks and think of how many people that you have interacted with in the past year that you don't actually know what they look like. Well, do you remember, do you remember the videos? There was, there was a series of videos that came out like October, November of little babies, little babies, you know, five, six months old, right? Born February, mm-hmm. March, April. And people were around and the people would take off their masks and the babies would start crying. Because mm-hmm. they thought it was part yep. of their face. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that's, I, and, and it's not to say like that if you are sick, that if you're sick, wearing a mask is a, is not an effective way to prevent you from transmitting it because the reality is in general, yes, it, it does in fact work. Well, but you could if you're look, not you could look at you could look at the flu numbers this year and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah masks, yeah, masks, well, masks are effective. Yeah. During prov- during the Spanish stuff, flu, but that's not um, what you we're know, saying. Yeah, during the Spanish flu in 1918. I mean, you see videos and photos and stuff all over the place of everybody wearing masks who's sick because and staying away from everyone else because you knew that you know it was it was transmissible at, that well, way. So yeah, at that point in time, it. they had a rudimentary understanding of what pathogens really were and how they were transmitted. So that made sense. Yeah. And like you said, like you guys said, we're not saying that if you are sick, if you have a disease that can be tr- transmitted through the air, through droplets or anything like that, mm-hmm. wearing a mat, you wearing a mask to keep those around you safe makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Making There's... ordinary healthy people walk around in face shields all I, day long. I just had the other day, I told somebody, I told a guy that I had had, you know, I had gotten coronavirus back in November 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I got over it and stuff. And I was talking about how, you know, it took me like three months to get my sense of taste and smell back, which really sucks. But like, if there's ever one reason to not get COVID, it's that one. That really sucks. I cannot describe to you how much that sucks. By but, the way, the Skittles, once your taste comes back, you're right. Oh, yeah. You're like, <laughs> yes, Skittles. But <laughs> seriously, trust me on that one. It's the best food ever when you get your sense of taste back. But, um, when, but I, uh, <laughs> but I, I told him that, you know, that I had had it and everything else. And I'm like, you know, but I don't, I'm not going to get the, the vaccine because what, even if it worked, what would be the point? I've already gotten the virus. He's like, oh, yeah. So you're asymptomatic now. No, no, I'm over it. I'm healthy now. <laughs> asymptomatic would indicate that I have it, that I am current, that I currently is an active infection in my body. Right. You, this is what this has done to people. They're retarded. <laughs> Oh, they were retarded before. Right. It's just they oh. the compounded. All right, let's uh, let's get into this article because there's a like we we all three of us have some degree of PTSD For and different uh, things. Yes, yes. Okay, so this article is entitled uh, uh, "Will Masks Star in Our Nightmares Forever?" Experts say uh, pandemic-related dreams are here to stay. Um. The terrors and stresses of the pandemic during our waking hours have infiltrated our sleep for nearly a year now. Sleepless nights, ultra-vivid dreams, dreams about vaccines, dreams about social distancing, and yes, dreams about masks. Turns out dreaming about masks is one of the sleep-related side effects of the pandemic. You created it! (laughs) Quote, I was going out to eat with a group of friends. I was walking through the main entrance, and there were groups of people waiting for the reservation on either side. No one had on masks, and every time I took a deep breath, I could feel the germs hitting the back of my oh, throat. For God's sake. I was afraid to breathe, almost like being underwater. That That's is a, obsessive that is a, compulsive disorder. <laughs> That's what that is. That is that is a quote from Dynasty Norris, 30-year-old from Maryland. Uh, goes on to say, quote, the entrance turned into a tunnel of people with no masks and me walking down the middle. I'm in some public. <laughs> uh, another quote from someone else that says, um, I'm in some public place and everyone else is wearing their masks, but I'm not. And I don't have one, says Chris Haas, 24. Um Quote, so I have to try thing. and put what so I have to try <laughs> and put whatever I can over my nose and mouth in a makeshift mask. Well, I but this is but you're yeah, this sick. is like this is the hysteria <laughs> that people have been whipped into by all of this this propaganda and, and control oriented fear mongering is that people are having nightmares about horse shit. People horse are shit. actually having PTSD and other mental health related issues that were manufactured by a horse shit propaganda movement this hold on getting... hold on hold on hold on remember that quote remember what you guys just said because i'm gonna i'm gonna there, there's a there's a, a expert down here and i'm gonna read do you what use they're the an term expert, expert lightly yes <laughs> i'm gonna read what they're an expert in and you're gonna you're gonna both gonna just fucking die all right uh, the dreams shared by both Norris and Haas reflect two common types of mask dreams many are experiencing. Either you're not wearing one or the people around you aren't wearing theirs. Quote, the meaning of dreams always depend on the personal circumstances of the dreamer, but a dream where you forgot your mask reflects a sense of personal behavior and responsibility, as well as anxiety about meeting the requirements of the new limits on social activities. 
A dream about others around you not wearing masks reflects a different sort of anxiety, namely a failure of so many people. This is a quote from Kelly Bulkley, a psychologist of religion specializing in dream research. A what? <laughs> psychologist of religion. Well, I mean, statism is a religion. Research. Yeah, I was going to say, it would make sense then that, that you... That makes sense. Yeah, quote, the same person can have both kinds of dreams, but some people may have bigger worries about one or the other of these pandemic challenges. I, I don't know about you have, guys. Was, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm more likely to have a nightmare about, like, pulling somebody's mask off and being like, you don't fucking need that. And then there's another one under it and another one under it and another one under it. <laughs> and the worst part is, that nightmare can be fucking real because Fauci is saying you got to wear, like, 12 fucking masks now. <laughs> it's like the old Bugs, Bar- the old Daffy Duck cartoon of that was the man in the green hat. All right, so we don't don't need to dig into that article because it's it's trash and and all that. PTSD and and social normalities and social pressure and all that good stuff, right? This is this is the level that of hysteria that has been whipped up. This is that where people are literally just terrified of each other's faces now. Oh, I mean, hold on, hold on, time out, time out, stop, stop right there. Do I have to point in my hat? Not yet. Stop Not right yet. there. I told you guys when I, I made the list of articles for this tonight's podcast, I said that I had a special article that I wanted to bring up, but I wasn't going to tell you guys about it because I wanted a genuine response when Ooh. I brought up the article. And I'm guessing we're at that point, aren't we? We're at that point. I'm oh. not going to. I'm not going to read the title of the article. I'm not going to read the article. The article is linked in the description for the people that are listening at home. Um, I just, I, I don't do that before so these guys didn't get a chance to see it. Okay. It's been a lonely year for Evelyn Shaw, who hasn't been able to hug or even see her family members because of the pandemic. The grandmother from the Bronx, New York, has finally been vaccinated, but is still wary about seeing her grandkids. Quote, we were together all the time, her daughter Laura Shaw Frank told Inside Edition. Quote, she would come over for dinner, she would sit on the couch with one grandchild on each side, and then two, uh, other two hovering around her, loving her, just spending so much time with her. This all ended when social distancing measures were in place. Seniors like Evelyn Shaw were advised to be especially careful since they were at high risk of serious infections of the coronavirus. Her oldest grandchild, uh, Atariot Shaw, worried about her. Quote, it was very hard knowing that she was all alone in her apartment day in and day out and never seeing anyone, never hugging anyone, never touching anyone. Ariet has now been vo- fully vaccinated and so has her grandmother, meaning that they should be able to see each other. But Evelyn was still worried about the virus. So Ariet went to the doctor. Quote, I said she's never going to hug me. She's too nervous. She's never going to hug me. And she said, and the doctor, she, with well, the doctor goes, well, I'm going to write her a prescription that says she can hug you. And I said, literally, that might be the only thing that makes her do it. What? What? People have been so driven to this hyper anxiety by all the propaganda and all everything else the doctor, that the doctor, the doctor is going to write a prescription for the daughter to give to her mother 
that says she is able to hug her family once again. The doctor My actually God. wrote that prescription, knowing that a hug was the medicine Evelyn needed. It says, quote, you are allowed to hug your granddaughter. What With is... prescription in hand, Laura and Atet headed to the grandmother's house in the Bronx. Laura has only received one dose of her vaccine, but Ariet and Evelyn fully vaccinated, plus the bonus prescription. They knew they were safe to hug as they embraced Evelyn was in tears. What? What the, f- the fuck? I, 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 I'm having a short circuit in my brain what? right now trying to process. Quote, quote, oh it was, quote, it was, as Ateriot said, a permission slip. Yes, yes, that I can finally do this without fear. Evelyn said, hugging her granddaughter for the first time in about a year. They you- needed permission. Hold on. Now Evelyn can't wait to hug her other six grandkids. Quote, when I wrote on my calendar, free at last, free at last, I didn't feel free, she said. But now I've got this, she said, holding up the prescription for a hug. Quote, you are allowed to hug your granddaughter. What a statement. What a statement. The massa Hagen has children the permission to do the hugging. We's free. Are you... Kidding me. I am not kidding you. I am not joking. I am not pulling your leg. Oh my god. I don't even know how to respond to this any further. I mean these people are insane. This is if you ever wondered, if you ever wondered how the hell did Hitler get all of these people to agree? To just, like, turn in their neighbors and send them to death camps. How did Stalin get all these people to agree to just obey and turn in their it's neighbors? a picture of the fucking prescription. Oh, my God. But if you ever wondered, how did this happen? How do these regimes convince reasonable people, ostensibly fairly reasonable people, to do these absolutely insane things? Look around. I present to you <laughs> a woman who needed a doctor to give her a prescription for a hug. Who believed, who believed that a prescription from her doctor was the only way she was going to be able to hug her grandmother again. Yep. Yep. Congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. This is what you have sown. This is why humanity is not a species which is, in fact, engineered to last. I just... I, you understand why I, I couldn't tell you guys about that beforehand, right? This is... Uh, yeah, I, this, I, 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 I apologize, for dropping, it, this, the I same apologize time, for dropping this bomb on you. <laughs> I, I'm a little shell-shocked right now from that. Well, that is... Yeah. I... Wow. Fast, I'm, I'm sending this link to our friend Nikki Liberty Doll. She's a licensed psychologist. I'm sure Nikki oh, will have a lot of fun with yeah, this. Yeah, I'm sure she's going to have some real fun yeah, things to say. Probably. That I, you know, <laughs> the thing is, the the thing is, is this is something that we bring up a lot on the show, and like me and Derek have bantered back and forth about quite a bit and things, and that is that once people get into this mentality that they need to be told what to do. 
that it's okay for someone to tell them what to do and to just defer to authority at all times and not ever think critically about anything, but simply defer to authority for all moral judgment. This is the kind of thing that results from that. This is, this is the chimpanzees with the banana where they're all scared that they're going to get sprayed with a hose, even though none of them has ever been sprayed with a hose because they've just been convinced by everyone else that if they do this, they're going to get mm-hmm. sprayed with a hose. Yep. It's I, I can't even begin to <laughs> wrap my head around Christopher's idea. Christopher's about to up in that whole bottle. <laughs> I, this is, this is though. I mean that, and that is the terrifying thing is this is in, real time in in the right now around you this is a demonstration of how you convince people to murder their friends and family just because government said it was okay this is a real world demonstration right in front of you Mm -hmm. of that happening you okay christopher did did i did i hurt you did i break you i'm still that one yeah that one doesn't get any better does it it's you know it's this is like there there used to be jokes there used to be jokes on cartoons and things about people getting written prescriptions for love yeah and like this is an example of an actual written prescription (laughs) for love i mean this is stuff that used to be on looney tunes there was shit. This was a joke on Aqua Teen Hunger Force, right? I... <laughs> Remember on on season season one, episode thirteen, Dumber Dolls, my absolute favorite episode of that entire series, with Happy Time Harry, who's like, "You want me to be happy? You get me those pills." And so, <laughs> and so, Meatwad goes to Frylock and is like, "Like Frylock, where are the pills?" And he's like, "Pills? What do you need pills for?" And Happy time, heroism. Who says the pills make the phone calls go away? <laughs> and <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> and and so Frylock writes him a prescription for like this. This is this is why nobody happy. listens to us. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we are the most professional podcast out there. We do it all in one take. Oh, and... Andrew, Andrew's not on an airplane. He's on a spaceship right now. Oh man. <laughs> Well, I, Derek is not here. Our resident stoner isn't here. So Andrew's got to step in. Apparently, I've got to. Well, I freaking dude, This is what this is doing to me. This is what facing these these articles is doing to me. It has completely unhinged me. I can't. But I'm just saying like and he he writes a prescription for like two doses of happiness. And like it's like, ha ha ha. And that was funny because that's absurd. Right. That's a little kid thing. Like, oh, that's right. cute. That's absurd. This is actually a thing that has been done. The prescription yeah, yeah, is not real. I, I guarantee Babylon, you this Babylon isn't the B. only one. Babylon B couldn't even do this. No, no this is so like absurd. That. Babylon B wouldn't touch it with a hundred foot pole. <sighs> okay. All right. You guys, you guys need to laugh now. Oh. You need to laugh. Now. Okay. Let's take a deep breath. Deep, deep breath. <laughs> this bottoms okay. up. All right, all right. <laughs> this is 
here. Honk, honk. I mean, clown world is shit. All right. Nebraska Governor Ricketts warns, quote, if you legalize marijuana, <laughs> you're going to kill your kids. I remember this. We were laughing our asses off about this. <laughs> marijuana kills. Like, <laughs> for madness. Yeah, it's, marijuana only kills people like me. It doesn't kill your average person. Uh, your other two, uh, the other two were female, and I wouldn't be the least bit surprised, Brenda, if all three of them were smoking marijuana cigarettes. The headline of this article makes me feel like Dr. Professor Farnsworth. The worst part is it's not even a recreational marijuana bill. It's a medical cannabis It's a bill. medical marijuana bill. <laughs> You know, there are medications that can potentially make you kill your children. Those are uh, prescription antidepressants, which are regularly prescribed. Yes. All right. Uh, Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts has launched an aggressive campaign against legalization of medical marijuana in his state, going so far as to warn residents that legalizing the drug, which has never been linked to a fatal overdose, will kill their children. Quote, this is a dangerous drug that will impact our kids, Ricketts told reporters on Wednesday. Quote, if you legalize marijuana, you're going to kill your kids. That's what the data shows from around the country. What? Yes. Yes. And, yes. and then the Negroes will be dancing with them white women, he went on to say. Anybody, I mean, else, fi- anybody <laughs> else find the irony in the guy's name being Ricketts? Yeah, I know Ricketts. I, yeah, I when asked that, when asked what data Ricketts was referring to, a spokesman directed USA Today to two studies that found an increase in marijuana use among teens who died by suicide in states that had legalized the drug. In his remarks Wednesday, Ricketts cited the two cases where young men who died by suicide had eaten cannabis edibles. Two, two, two cases. Data, two data points. A a sample size of two. Of two. Yes. Uh, the Republican governor made the statement uh, as the state legislator is considering a bill to legalize the use of cannabis if recommended by a health care practitioner. The legalization restricts the form of consumption of oils, pills, or tinctures and prohibits marijuana smoking even in a patient's home. So they're, not, they're talking about basic edibles, maybe some some oil drops that you put under your tongue. No, the restricts the form of consumption to oils, pills, or tinctures. So, right, you can you can have oils, pills, or tinctures, and prohibits marijuana smoking even in the patient's home. So you can have like edibles or a can of butter or CBD oil. Ricketts decried the legislation as quote dangerous efforts to go around the normal process of federal approval for a drug's use. Quote, big pot, big marijuana is a big industry, Ricketts said. Quote, this is a big industry that is trying to try not to be regulated, to go around the regulatory process, and that's going to put people at risk. When you go around regulations that, that are designed for the health and safety of our society. I hate that word. I absolutely hate that word. Which one? Society. Oh. Yeah. Hold on. Ricketts but, said experts agree that marijuana is dangerous, citing its schedule. No, they one don't. Class- citing its schedule one classification, 
by the Drug Enforcement Administration as Which evidence. was there because of fucking racist bastards working I for just, the FDA in oh, the 19-fucking-30s. Oh, 30. oh my God. <laughs> the classification signifies that the federal government believes it puts marijuana on the same level as drugs like heroin and LSD and that it has no currently accepted medical use. Heroin, yeah, um, yeah. heroin is refined morphine, and heroin will uh, kill LSD you. was developed can... by the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, Every last one of those DEA... drugs will kill you. Yeah. The damn, if you, it doesn't matter how much cannabis you take. Like Andrew says, it becomes its own catalyst after a while. Yeah, it's a yeah. parabolic arch. It, after uh, there's a certain point where it pulls itself, it starts bonding to itself and pulls itself back out of your bloodstream. Yes. Now, granted, that's um, an enormous yeah, amount on. of concentration, um, but that's yet, what happened. Yeah, the article goes on to say, yet according to the DEA, quote, no deaths from overdose of marijuana have ever been reported. And legalization advocates point out that marijuana's classification was a result of an act of Congress, the 1970 Controlled Substance Act, and not based on conclusion from scientific experts. Yeah. All I can think of is, if you have seen Reefer Madness, you know who I'm talking about, Dr. Carroll. In Reefer Madness says, ah, yes, I remember just a young boy under the influence of these drugs who killed his entire family with an axe. (laughs) (laughs) Jazz hands. All right. All right. Let's get through this this one quick one. Let's get through this one quick one. Then we'll jump on the last one. Because the last one's going to take a while because Andrew's Andrew's going to be in a plane for a bit. Is Andrew going to rant? Yes. Not for this one, but for the next one. Uh, federal COVID nineteen bailout prohibits states from cutting taxes. I buried within the one point nine trillion dollar emergency spending bill that Congress sent to President Joe Biden's desk on Wednesday is a provision that uh, could effectively block states from cutting taxes if they accept bailout dollars. That provision added to the bill by Senate by the Senate last week could put a halt to several states' plans to cut taxes this year as a way to stimulate economic growth following the COVID-19 pandemic. Wait, are they Depending... suggesting that cutting taxes increases the economy to run well? You mean when maybe... people, have, when people have more money, they spend more money? I, are they Apparently. suggesting that? That's absurd. Krugman tells me that that definitely isn't the case. Yeah. Um, depending on how the tax or how the text is interpreted, the measure could also make it illegal for states to create new tax credit programs like the ones that have become uh, have become a popular mechanism for expanding school choice. Critics say this expansion of federal control over state policymaking is marking it best and potentially unconstitutional. So the long yeah. and short of it is. In order to help fund their income redistribution scheme, they're saying that the state governments cannot reduce taxes and therefore must maintain an X level of taxation Yes. to help. Yes. So that way the federal government can then not give the states hopefully as much money that, and can well, focus. No, 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 no. On, no. That, that isn't the, even since, remotely constitutional. Like that's that's no. not even in the realm yeah. of constitutional. Um, no, the, the, yeah. since since the federal government, that, yeah, since the federal government is giving states money that they don't really need, there are two things state lawmakers can do: use the federal money to grow government spending, or pass that extra cash along to taxpayers by lowering their tax burdens. However, the Senate inserted language into the American Rescue Plan that expressly telling states that they quote shall not use the funds provided. 
to either directly or indirectly offset a reduction in the net tax revenue or do anything, quote, that reduces any tax by providing for a reduction in a rate, rebate, deduction, credit, or otherwise, or other delays in the imposition of any tax or tax increase. That, that isn't the, how on, the Constitution hold, hold works. The, the, state, the, the same section of the bill also bans states from depositing the federal bailout into their public pension funds, which is probably a good idea because it's pretty ironic considering that the American Rescue Plan also contains a, com a completely indefensible bailout of some of the private sector pension funds run by labor units. Well, that was one of the biggest things that I, that I saw continuously mocked by congressional Republicans as they were mm -hmm. going through debate was the fact that they were giving billions of dollars to bail out these pension funds that obviously were never financially solvent to begin with. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's nothing more. And we talked about this in the uh, pre-show. It's a pork bill designed to bail out the, the unions that have yep. completely mismanaged everything. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, man, it makes you nostalgic for Jimmy Hoffa, doesn't it? Uh, right? so that man knew how to pass the fucking pension fund. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Jared Jared Walzik, vice president of the state projects at the Tax Foundation, um, told Reason, "Quote: States will receive federal aid regardless of their budget situation, and many potential uses for that funding could theoretically offset the need to spend state dollars." If that is enough to block the tax cut, states could find themselves barred from cutting taxes, even though they could have done so without taking a dollar in state aid. We don't so, need it, but we're going to give it to you. Yeah, so even if they yep. don't want it, and they're like, no, that's really not necessary, we're, we're good, and then they lower taxes, the federal government can say, well, then now you need to give us the money back that we gave you that you said you didn't need or want. Yes. Because yeah, so um, there's this thing called enumerated powers in the Constitution that might have a thing or two to say. <laughs> the Constitution. Do you really think the federal government gives a shit? Oh, they don't. I'm just pointing out, like, <laughs> so there's like this has been anticipated things like this by some people uh, before, and uh, <laughs> you know. It's it's funny you bring up the Constitution. I'm just I'm putting that out there because <laughs> because of the last article, Senate Dems introduced the assault weapons ban bill on 205 gun models. Yay! Uh, so, do you want me to rant now or do you want me to wait a minute? Oh, you can you can wait. Please just, okay. just hold on because you'll have a rant and I'll have a rant and. It... It'll be a Just, fucking party. We got what do we got about forty minutes or about half an hour before we start doing our tags. So yeah, there, there's plenty. If, if we go over just a little bit because Andrew and I are ranting, yeah. there's there's plenty of time to rant. Senate Democrats introduced legislation that would ban two hundred and five quote assault weapons on Thursday, just hours after the House passed two other gun control bills. They were uh, universal background check bills. Uh, introduced by Senator Dianne Feinstein, the legislation called the, quote, Assault Weapons Ban of 2021 would also outlaw magazines uh, outlaw magazines capable of holding more than 10 rounds and is co-sponsored by 34 other Senate Democrats. <laughs> Andrew's ready to burst already. 
<laughs> I, you know, I had to get up. I turned my camera off because I had to go get some ice cubes for this thing because I just have a feeling I'm going to need more whiskey. All right. According to a press release from Feinstein, the bill, quote, quote, bans any assault weapon with the capacity to utilize a magazine that is not fixed, that is not a fixed ammunition magazine and has one or more military characteristics, including a pistol grip, a forward grip, a barrel shroud, a threaded barrel, or a folding or telescoping sock. I, I would like to point out this rifle right here does not utilize a fixed magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were to go onto boydsgunstocks.com and buy myself a replacement stock for this, you damn sure there would be a pistol grip right here. Yep. Yep. Which would make this invalid or illegal to own under this bill. Did you notice you notice the, the language that says um um that is not the not a fixed ammunition magazine and quote has one or more military characteristics. Yep. One or more because you it used to be even even the Brady Act, right? Uh, even two, Brady right? was two that, or that, more. That's how it is yep. in Cali, yeah. Yep. So like you could have under the Brady Act, you could have a bolt action rifle that didn't have a bayonet lug, didn't have a pistol grip, didn't have a removable magazine, but it could have a threaded barrel. Or it could have a removable magazine, or it could have a pistol grip. It just couldn't have two of them. So this... Here's where I'm going to rant. So... (laughs) This is, and this is another, this is a, a repeat of a previous history lesson, but it's, in it's, a little bit more detail. Yeah. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. One, one more quick second. Give me two paragraphs. Give me two paragraphs, and then, all right. Some of the firearms listed in the proposed ban are, quote, all AR types, all Uzi types, Beretta CX4, 6-hour P556 pistol, as well as belt-fed belt semi-autos. Current owners of the, quote, assault weapons listed in the legislation would be allowed to keep them, but any private transfers would require an FBI background check prior to receiving the firearm. Uh, additionally, so, the bill, additionally, the bill prohibits bump stocks, which have already been illegal since March 26th, 2019. So uh, before okay, you go okay. on your... Go ahead. I, I brought up the bill. I'm gonna, we're going to go through the firearms. Okay. I, oh, I no. want to point out that under this bill, just based on what I've heard so far, this rifle is a 1955 manufacturer Chinese T-53 Mosin Nagant. It is a bolt action, as you can see by this bolt that mechanism here. Mm-hmm. It has a fixed magazine. So far, we're in compliance. However... It does have a folding bayonet right here, Man. which I, which would make it illegal and an assault weapon under this bill because does it, it have has a, a bayonet. Does it, does it have a barrel shroud? No. If you count the stock, yes, because the stock goes the all the way down here. I don't think the stocks count. If however, doesn't, doesn't have a muzzle brake either. You're okay. However, this one. Is a 1946 manufacturer, Russian M44. They are functionally identical. However, this one does not have 
a bayonet lug. Therefore, this rifle, which shoots the same round <laughs> and is functionally identical to this rifle. One's legal, one's not. Is legal. Yeah. All right, Andrew, go ahead. Go forth. Okay, take a nap. So, so here, right, we've talked, I've talked about it before, <laughs> the fact that most, most gun laws, right, have racist origins, where uh, the yes. earliest known gun laws prohibited uh, natives um, you know, they said Ameri American Indians that you, you couldn't sell guns to the guns to the Indians. And if you did, you could actually be punished by being killed. Um, they weren't allowed not just guns, but they weren't allowed any weapons. And then a little bit later, you know, you also had where they added in that you couldn't sell uh, or, you know, you couldn't sell guns to and they couldn't possess or, you know, or carry guns uh, that it, it was black people. Right. Because if they were if they were slaves e or free because they were black. They weren't allowed to do it, right? This is the antebellum United States. So you had the ability to just be racist as hell and it was okay. So they, you had those laws, you had multiple laws in municipalities, uh, even after the civil war initially that said, you know, well, you know, with Jim Crow laws and things where, well, black people can't have guns. Well, then, you know, after, after a little while where that starts to become not a thing that you can really do anymore, you're not really allowed to govern. Uh, there's no way to effectively say, well, just because you're black necessarily openly as time goes on, what you see is this change to an economic model for discrimination against the, the unwanted of society that, that the elites don't want to have guns. Right? So, they can't say, well, because you're black, you can't have a gun necessarily. So what they start saying is, you know, like with the NFA, right? Uh, 19, uh, 1934, when the NFA gets passed, it says, you know, that, okay, well, now there's this $200 um, uh, tax stamp that you need in order to buy machine guns, in order to buy uh, short rifles, short shotguns. Um, in order to buy, you know, submachine guns in order to buy suppressors, which is a weird one for almost the entire rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, that's cause they're worried about communist assassination plots. Not that that ever happened, but you know, they, so you start seeing they were, that they'd use an umbrella, not a freaking suppressor. Well, yeah. And the thing, <laughs> and the thing is, you know, that the, the, the whole reason that they're worried about the concealability and they're worried about, you know, the, the criminal element and they're worried about this, this assassins is because they, that's associated with people who would be communist people who would be uh, criminals. And they assume that those are going to be blacks. Those are going to be, uh, you know, Hispanics, those are going to be American Indians. Those are going to be people that the white elites in particular in the Democrats controlled South don't want to see in having arms. So that mm. continues onwards. Well, then you get, you know, you get to the GCA in 68, which is during the civil rights era. And when you get to the GCA, now they're going to, they're going to close, you know, start, um, trying to close any additional loopholes and start like naming specific guns, right? Where they say, okay, well now it's going to be specific features. Um, there's even a law back, back in the day where they effectively, they, uh, banned Saturday night specials, the concealed carry of mm -hmm. Saturday night specials, the, the cheap crappy little guns. And you could, if you wanted to carry, well, we're not saying you can't carry, but you can't carry these little ones only like the Colt Navy and army revolvers, which cost a small fortune. And remember that $200 tax stamp, isn't that big a deal now, but, but 
that's because it hasn't changed with inflation. If it changed with inflation, it would be like thirteen or fourteen hundred dollars now that you would have to pay. So you have situations where there are, for instance, slam fire shotguns that were sold uh, the Winchester eighty seven, maybe eighty nine, eighty nine. It's well, I think it's like the the I want to say it's the eighty seven that had slam fire too, but oh. the well, the Winchester the Ithaca too, the Ithaca one. Well, too. yeah, and the Ithaca where if it had a short enough barrel, because remember, like Ithaca's, those things were sold with like 20, 18 and twenty inch barrels, so those had those were short shotguns, and they were dirt cheap. They were like four hundred dollars, but you had to pay a two hundred dollar tax stamp on a four hundred dollar gun just to be able to legally <laughs> own it. And the reason that this is set up is so that people of lower income who they're assuming are going to be minorities can't get their hands on those weapons. And then when you hit the GCA, again, it's even less trendy. It's less acceptable to specifically say, well, black people and Indians and Mexicans can't have these guns. So you just start saying, well, if it's got this feature and that feature and this feature and that feature, so that the only guns that you leave easily and cheaply available are guns that are super super basic and can't possibly be used for anything but target shooting anything but Mm -hmm. hunting and you're also forcing a lot of people in the lower the lower economic classes out of even hunting because cheap easily available like military uh uh, surplus arms fall under the these bands and so you can't get your hands on them unless you pay a decent amount of money for them. So now you're still controlling who can and can't have guns and keeping exclusive to the higher classes. And then you have the Hughes Amendment and FOPA. And the Hughes Amendment closes the machine gun registry, which now takes the price of a machine gun and goes, yeah, that machine gun that you could buy for two grand a week ago now is probably going to be 30 grand, 40 grand. I mean, I've seen certain Mm -hmm. machine guns go for $150,000. That's, that's rare, but it happens, right? Even at the cheapest machine guns you can get your hands on right now, you're still looking at $4,000, $5,000. And that's for a crap Uzi. Well, that's, I mean, not even just Uzis, but like, um, like PPSHs, right? Are the the old beat up PPSHs are going for three or $4,000 sometimes. So, um, I mean, you're looking at, and, and like old Walthers and stuff. Right. So you're looking at, again, where they're restricting the availability of guns that they think are scary that could actually be used for defense against the government, which is the spirit of the Second Amendment, being restricted ever more to higher income individuals. And it is with the intention of keeping them out of the hands of the minorities that are generally going to be the lower income classes. The Brady Act also throws down with that, where it again, with the assault weapons ban, now all of these lower classes can no longer get their hands on cheap, easily available AKs. They can't get their hands on cheap, easily available ARs. They can't get their hands on any of these cheaper, more easily manufactured guns because they have too many features that would make them an assault weapon. You can't import stuff, so now the price goes way, way up. Right, and it, the- the only semi, the only common semi-automatic available on the commercial market during the Brady years was an SKS. Well, I mean, there were a few others, but they were a fair bit of garbage. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're really bad. There are a few out there. There were a few out there. Um, there was even a few AR type guns mm-hmm. that were still compatible with the AWV with the Radiac that look, God, they look so bad. Uh, right, so you want you want to go through these, the list of firearms real quick? Yeah, let's let's go through these and do uh, it with the lens as you're listening to them. Do it with through the lens of saying this is so that only the political and economic yeah. elites have access to Every, this stuff. Everything list everything listed here is as Monica Perez would call it, um, quote resistance grade weaponry. Oh, put that out there. But uh, all the following rifles, copies, duplicates, variants, or altered facsimiles with the capacity of such weapons thereof. All AK types, AK, AK-47, AK-47S, AK-74, AKM, AKS, ARM, uh, MAC-90, MISR, uh, NHM-90, NHM-91, Rock River Arms, LAR-47, or 47, uh, SA-85, SA-93, Victor Arms, AK-47, Vepper, Wasser 10s, and WUMs. And that also includes Sega AKs, uh, Mahdi AK-47 and ARMs, Norinco 56S, 56S2, uh, 848s, 868s, Polytechnica AK-47s, SKSs with detachable magazines. So those terrible duckbill mags. Yes. They're, uh, so all... what they're doing is they're actually naming all of the guns so that even if the manufacturer alters their construction to, yep. of the yeah, weapon like, to comply, like, like the, it's the, still the, not the Calif- Like the California compliant ones, you know, or the New mm-hmm. York compliant ones with the fixed magazine and the pen or the, the welded on um, 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 threaded or the, not threaded, the welded on. Um, how come my brain's not the, working at the, the, oh, the flash, flash suppressors and flash up flash suppressor and flash hiders that sort of thing uh, all ar types including ar10 ar15 alexander arms overwatch plus 16 armalite m15 22lr carbine armalite m15 barrett rec 7 barrett ar70 black rain ordnance recon scout bushmaster acr carbon 15 bushmaster moe bushmaster xm15 Chippewa firearms, M4 rifles, Colt match target rifles, uh, the Core 15 rifles, Daniel Defense M4A1, Double Dog Arms 15, Diamondback DB15, Double Star AR rifles, DPMS tactical rifles, DSAZM4, uh, HK uh, MR556, High Standards Jesse James Nomad, uh, Knight's Armament SR15, uh, Lanier L15s, MG, MGI Hydra series, never heard of those. Uh, Moss, yeah, Mossberg MMR, uh, Noreen Firearms, Olympic Arms, POF, Precision Firearms, Riveton R15s, Rhino Arms AR, Rock River Arms, Sig Sauer SG, XG516 and MCX, Smith & Wesson MP15 series, uh, stag arms. Um, they ban 22s. They are banning 22s as an assault weapon. Yeah. Um, yep. uh, Ruger SR556. Uh, Wyndham. Uh, Yankee Hill. And then it also mentions Barrett M107A1. M82A1. Beretta CXR Storm. Calico Liberty Series. The Beretta uh, Storm? The Beretta. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh the, my the, god. The, the CTME Sportster. The Daewoo K1. Do you know how hard it is to get your hands on a Daewoo? Daewoo K1, K2, Max 1, Max 2, AR100, and AR100C. I've actually been looking for a Daewoo K1 yeah. for ages. Uh, FN, FAL, AR, or LAR, the 22FNC, 308 Match, L1A1 Sportster, P90, Scars, the FS2000s. The Galeo. P90 is such a gimmicky gun, and they're going to yeah. say, oh, oh, you can't go- have it. Yeah, Galeo Model ARs, uh, High Point Carbines, HK90, <laughs> yeah. H- HK91, 93, 94, <laughs> PSG1, HKUSC, the IWI Tavar, and the Galil Ace Rifle, Keltex Sub 2000. Galil. Um, Sub 2000, really? We're, we're yeah. going to go, okay. Yeah, all the all the SIG rifles, the Springfield Armories, uh, um, the AUG, uh, the Mini Tactical 14. <laughs> Wait, they're ta- actually it's, the Mini that's, 14. That's, that's, that's what it says. Storm, uh, Storm Rigger and Cower, uh, Mini 14 Tactical Rifles, the M14. Uh, all Thompson rifles, it says. And then it says Thompson, like there's, there's what, 15 different Thompsons listed. Uzi mini carbine makes me wonder if they they say all Thompson rifles, if that means like the uh, TC rifles or not. I say, I think they mean Thompson Center would be my assumption, but then you have to exist anywhere, right? It says, it says, it says all Thompson rifles, including the following Thompson M1SB, T100D, T150D, T1B, T1B 100D. Yeah, so they're basically Uh, saying Thompson can't exist. Yeah, uh, Uzi's Uzi Mini Carbine, Uzi Model A Carbine, Uzi Model B Carbine, uh, Valmet, uh, M62S, M71, Victor Arms, Uzi Types, Weaver Arms, Nighthawk. So, yeah. so they're going after, yeah, so they're going after everything that would be resistance grade, everything that yes. you could use yes. to resist government incursion. That would be oh, what they're banning. Yeah. Um, um, Christopher, tap the hat. <sighs> All of the following pistols, copies, duplicate variants, and altered facsimiles with the capacity of any such weapon thereof. All AK types. Centurion 39 AK pistol, CZ Scorpion pistol, Draco AK 47 pistol, uh, HCR AK 47 pistol, IO. I, the IL Hellpup AK-47 pistol, crank off mini Draco Pap, uh, the crank, uh, all AR all 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 AR types including American Spirit AR-15 Bushmaster Carbine, Chippewa Core Daniel Defense Double Star DPMS Jesse James Nash or Jim James Nomad Olympic Arms Osprey POF Rock River, blah 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 blah. You guys get it. So anything that's configured as an AR pistol, essentially. Well, I love when um, they say AR type because it's like, well, how are you defining an AR type? Is it a rotating bolt? Because that's 95% of all semi-automatic rifles on the market. Or are you saying, well, it's got black plastic on it? Are you saying that? It, I mean, like, well, what, what are you? Not only yeah. that, but uh, when, also, you, when you also bring all, up all, all belt fan, all belt fed semi-automatic, semi-automatic firearms. 
Well, so, I mean, at this I, point, if that passes, you might as well just get a belt-fed automatic rifle, huh? Right. And, you know, they say any AR-style rifle or pistol. What about things like the AR-7? Does that count? Because That's... the AR-7 is a has a seven-round capacity. Well, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. The term, <laughs> the term large capacity ammunition device means means any magazine belt drum feed strip or similar device including any such device joined or coupled with another in any manner that has overall capacity of and that can be readily restored changed or converted to accept more than 10 rounds of ammunition and does not include an attachable tubular designed to accept or capable of operating only with 22 room fire ammunition so you can have like a 22 lever action that has more that can hold more than 10 rounds but that's literally the only exception mm. to having more than 10 rounds yep. so um what you know it makes me wonder what about a standard you know <laughs> as uncle joe always calls it a, a pump action you know get yourself yeah. a shotgun right i've seen some pump action shotguns out there that have 12 13 yeah. round, 15 round it counts. It counts. It counts a barrel shroud as an assault weapon characteristic. I know that makes me laugh so fucking hard because I'm like, wait, wait, yeah. wait. So what you're saying is that my ability to keep myself from burning my fucking hand, yes, on a hot barrel. Well, yeah. I mean, okay, that, uh, that's uh, essentially. Okay, the, the let's term, go back to this old on. legal Moses. No, no. The term, exactly the term barrel shroud. The term barrel shroud means. A shroud that is attached to or partially or completely encircles the barrel of a firearm so that the shroud protects the user of the firearm from heat generated by the barrel. Exactly. So it's right like literally you have to burn your hand on the gun. Yeah. So in order uh, to that, was, that no, 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 that does not that does not count because um it is uh, but does not include uh, an extension of the stock along the bottom of the barrel, which is not encircled or subsequently encircle the barrel. But it does so encircle the barrel right here. But it's part of the stock. Right, but it says that does not... Yeah, but it does not encircle... That encircles the barrel. barrel. This encircles the barrel up here. No, it does not not include. Yeah, it says does not include a stock, but it... it, No. Except those that encircle... that 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 is not a barrel shroud. Because it does not include that. It does not include an extension of the stock along the bottom of the barrel, which does not encircle or subsequently encircle the barrel. The thing is, Jason, right here. Uh-huh. let me just pull this off here so you can see. Well, it might be banned. I don't know. It's from oh, from the, the words on that. It's saying that if that extension of the stock does encircle the barrel, it, it now it bans, becomes. Yeah. It, it, bans, it bans grenade launchers. See this right here? Uh-huh. That's well, yeah. the part that encircles that ban- the barrel. That would be legal. Once that that's on legal. there, it's not legal anymore. Yeah. So. It bans grenade launchers, guys. Um, aren't well, those already banned? Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say. Well, I guess then I get my, all of my. Uh, actually, technically, they're not. Um, <laughs> you just have to register them as a DD. Yeah, they're they're destructive devices. Um, however, they are only destructive devices if they are forty millimeter. If you get a thirty-seven millimeter flare launcher, not a destructive device. So, <laughs> but this is going to ban that. Pop, 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 something like that. 
They use you those? can get um well you can get um is it spikes? Is it spikes that makes the thumper? I think so. Thirty seven yeah. some thumper. Um and you can get an M three oh two. Should you be so inclined? Yeah. Um that's been done in thirty seven millimeter from the get go. If it's a forty, uh it is in fact a um a uh destructive device that has to, you know, NFA registration and all of that fun crap. Um I am Don't forget the uh the X products can cannon. Yeah the can cannon mm-hmm. would be bad. fucking A. Jesus. <laughs> it fires cans <laughs> strictly speaking, even just t-shirt launchers. Yeah. Would would fall under would fall under this band. I mean, this is this is more aggressive, right? This is a more aggressive band than the Brady Act was. Oh, by far, by far. Yeah. Um, the good news, well, if you can on, call it that, is that it, takes, here. is that it takes sixty percent to pass. Yeah, so, and it's uh, unless they manage to blow away the filibuster, at which point it wouldn't. But yeah. I mean, um, I know how I'm going to vote. Oh, I know how I'm, I'm going to respond to it too. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I know where. I my... mean, this one here kind of explains the whole thing. I'm a Mandalorian. Weapons are part of Do my. Do you think religion. we could found <laughs> the first Church of Mandalore and claim religious? Well, well, is, isn't there? Wasn't there Would a, we a then church? Have... Would we then have a to church declare, uh, I want to say there's a, there's a church in Pennsylvania where they actually said that firearms are part of the religion, right? There was the whole um, the sell your cloak line, mm-hmm, sell your yeah. cloak by sword, and they took but, that uh, to the extremes and they were carrying guns in church. Um, and there's like a, a video of of them, um, like putting holy water on the rifles or or praying over the rifles or something like that. Would we then, Andrew, should we create the uh, the first church of the Mandalore? Um, then would we then have to uh, canonize or otherwise issue a sainthood to uh, Eugene uh, Saint Eugene Stoner and Saint <laughs> Mikhail Kalishnikov? Are we and... are we gonna are we gonna gonna talk about the the gun Jesus? Oh, he would he would get an automatic sainthood, but only after he dies. I'm just, I mean, to anyone, so I said that the father, the son of Holy Ghost, it's, it's, it's Stoner, Kalishnikov, and John Browning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, praise the Lords and pass the ammunition. No, uh, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of Browning. I'd have to say, I, I would almost have to say, uh, uh, Gaston would, oh, you would, Gaston Glock. You, would yeah. you would be playing with an M2 with a fully erect. Come on now. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna deny that, but I've shot an M2, so it's not that big of a thing anymore. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's the well. <laughs> I mean, I take Instant a wood is a G18. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, an M1919, a Modus. I, I'd take those. I'd take, uh, you know, it's <sighs> a Glock 18. Not gonna lie, instant wood. Yeah, it's well, and the thing I mean, I'm not a Glock fanboy, but Glock 18 instant would. But anybody, anybody who's just listening, I have over my shoulder at all times when I do the show a uh, poster of Gun Jesus. Why is this falling as I try to tilt it up? You see that shit? 
Okay. Because <laughs> it's bowing down to Gun Jesus. Yes, right. it is. That is Gun Jesus. So that is that is Gun Jesus himself. That is Ian McCollum holding a copy of his book and an AR in his hands. <laughs> and it's done as one of those Jesus shrine things. I have it in a lovely uh, like four inch thick uh, oak uh, frame <laughs> mounted on my wall. And uh, it oh. is it is in a prominent place that actually I got that from uh, Headstamp Publishing who makes his books or, you know, publishes his has published his book and stuff. Um, but yeah, the uh, <laughs> that that poster when it came out, he was like, oh, God. And I'm like, dude, I am buying. one. <laughs> 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 That's, that is amazing. Oh. In, in the name of Stoner, Kalishnikov and Ian. saint ian of mccollum um but it's yeah i mean like that's i feel like that's what we need to do at this point just claim religious exemption and that's but you know the thing is is we know what happens when a church decides it's going to have integrate a bunch of weaponry oh man it's religious practices yeah Uh, is not good it does not work out well uh, <laughs> there are many entries, Fed Boy. Yeah, they, yeah. They, life has many doors, Fed Boy. <laughs> Please don't drown us. Yeah, it's dude. I'm wearing a rooftop boater T-shirt. All right, if anybody's gonna get it, fucking drowned. Well, I mean, <laughs> they can't see my whole T-shirt, but it's a picture of Killdozer, and it says "Tread on those who tread on you." But there you go. Stairs and violent. Stairs and violent discuss. Yeah, um, my, my no, I, I gotta bring this one out just because it's completely relevant. Come there you go. So all right, on that note, throw out your links. Let's get this over with. All right. If you want a lovely, luxurious, soft, shiny, wonderful, good smelling, non-itchy beard like I have, you should check out the beardstruggle.com. They have tons of cool products to make your beard not only wonderfully pettable and enjoyable, but it doesn't get itchy. It smells really nice. It stays very soft. You can keep it under control. If you decide you want to do that and take that leap, uh, use the code InkedAnarchist15. That is InkedAnarchist15 all run together uh, at checkout you get 15% off if you enjoy uh, sunglasses and really nice luxury watches for not a whole lot of coin that you want to have go with your wonderful beard you can check out Valerio that is shopvalerio.com use code inkdanarchist25 at checkout and you get 25% off of those products as well also don't forget to check out our boy at Poppins Patches Uh, he has some of the coolest patches I have ever seen. They're all very high quality. They are great colors. They're great durability. We are currently a week away from giving this sucker away. Thrawn's laboratory. Uh, that is a Mandalorian reference. Uh, you guys should definitely enter that. In order to enter that, you need to leave a like on the video on YouTube or like the post on Facebook. Leave us a comment on YouTube and a comment on Facebook. Uh, let us know that you want to be entered into the giveaway. Be sure to also like Poppins Patches Facebook page. Uh, and uh, we'll, you know, in a week, we'll pick a winner. I'll let you know who we wind up picking and uh, we'll send you a free patch. Also, don't forget about Derek's book. Think for yourself. It's a uh, critical thinking workbook for beginners. It is a workbook. <laughs> 
for beginners. Workbook for beginners. This means that you must actually engage with it. It is not something that you can just pick up and read. You nope. have to actually work at doing it. I understand this may be difficult for the vast majority of the American public. Well, but see if you if you can't if you're listening to us, that, that's why you need the book. That's right. <laughs> um, now I'm not I'm not affiliated with uh, the Beard Struggle, but I will say I recently got some Valhalla's Gate, as opposed to Odin's Virtue, and I will say I and I love it. And my wife complains a lot less about the beard rides <laughs> going to the uh, the Valhalla's Gate. So I'm just it saying. It is, All it right. is a nice product. Buy it. Support me by doing it. Great. Yes. Make Andrew happy so he yes. gives us more rants. Yeah, and then I'll keep giving you cool history rants. Also, speaking of my rants, one last quick plug. Chris and I are going to be doing an upcoming video series uh, and like podcast to match it that is going to be on guns specifically and exclusively. Our very first episode is going to be What is a Gun? And us discussing exactly what makes a gun a gun and go through guns throughout history and how they change. So it's going to be cool. It's going to be probably a few hours long. It's going to be very in-depth stuff. So if you guys want to learn more about weaponry, once that launches, we'll let you know. Um, I'm still looking for somebody to do my opening stinger and a theme song for it. So, yeah. If you would like to volunteer, you know, <laughs> reach out. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not going to pay you for it. That's that's not going to happen. <laughs> I will credit you. I will give yeah, you credit. We, we will it, give you, you credit for it. Out of it you, we won't pay you. Yeah. And but the more you got to figure, the more exposure you get from the channel, then you know you never know. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's still listening to us. <laughs> no, no, they gave up. Yeah. So, on that note, I don't have anything else. Do you guys have anything else? Nope. Andrew has something else. No. I Dude. no. You know, I and the funny thing is, is Danny on. Uh, the um, History Unloaded podcast does the same thing that I do, where it's like, okay, we're done. Hey, but one more thing. <laughs> and it makes me laugh so freaking hard. One uh, of those ye olden days where you do PS, but like Andrew's like, PS, PSSS, PSSSSSS, like And then like the PSs are longer than the actual letter. Yeah. I have to send 12 postcards, not just one, so that I can get on that note. I guess we'll we'll catch you on the next one, huh? All right. Peace. 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 All right, Christopher, you have to